0: Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Lord, thank you so much that while I'm only able to see faces and certain people in front of me Lord you see everyone individually there's not a single um, part of us not a single emotion not a single challenge that we are going through not a single challenge or or issue that we are facing uh, that you do not see tonight and as we surrender our hearts to you Lord I just want to thank you that Tonight is the moment that that we have been praying for. And instead of, instead of waiting for the word to finish, Lord, I pray for a capacity in each of our hearts to allow you to minister to us tonight. We are not here only to fit into a certain time frame or a certain space or a certain program, Lord. We are here to serve you. And we are here to be taught by you. So thank you so much for being here, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, amen, you can choose. <laughs> this morning when we were on our way to the, to the morning service, uh, one of my daughters came to me and she said, Papa, I'm not going to um, to kindergarten this morning, to children's church. And, um, and I said, why? And she said, um, because I enjoy sitting in the mother's room. I was sleeping there last week. Um, so I appreciated the honesty and transparency, but uh, I, I asked her very politely to please not do that again <laughs> this week. Choose a, choose a space where there's actually people involved that can influence you in a positive way. At the time, our youngest, Mia, she also came to me and she said, Papa, I was also not at Children's Church last week. So again, I was happy for the transparency and honesty that that I was hoping for. And I asked her, where are Waweljavius? And she said, no, at the toddler's room. I want to help the mommies with the babies. Now, those of you that don't know, she's five. So I can imagine what kind of help she can offer. <laughs> and I don't think it's gonna be very helpful in theory, but she, she at least feels feels like that. So I said, Mia, please rather go to Children's Church. And she said, um, but I don't want to. And given the word that, that we are ministering about tonight, I thought, let me not just draw conclusions here. Maybe let's just ask her, you know, why? And she said, No, because it's boring. And um, I said, what do you mean it's boring? She says, it's too long. And I say, mia, it's the same time. Like when you sit in the toddler's room and you come to the church and you drink coffee with us, it's exactly the same amount of time that you're gonna sit at children's church and then come to the church and drink coffee. And, And she became quiet and she said, no, I don't think that is the reason why I want to go to the thoughtless room, so she she made up a completely different reason. But while I was reading through this, I had this idea that um, for for myself and and for some of us, it also happens to us, especially while we're sitting in a service before we before we um really recognize what's going on, we are back home thinking about. Whatever we are back to work thinking about whatever thinking about rest tonight maybe or whatever is coming after the service so for today for tonight this few minutes that we're going to be together. I want to invite you specifically to to stay in the moment and I want to explain to you why. When I started to pray specifically for tonight I was taken to a separate place I, I when I when I prayed about preparing. God showed me to go sit on a specific couch. And when I sat down there I, um, I started to pray. And where I would normally start to read my Bible or whatever, I immediately started to pray, which was, which was different, not that I don't pray, don't worry, I pray, but I was there to intentionally read the word, you know, um, study the specific portion that God gave me, but he took me separate. And while I was praying there, I started noticing a, a kind of a pain in my neck. And um, that's not something that happens to me, kind of like soy and that kind of stuff. I don't know what that is. So when I get a stiff neck from just sitting on a couch, it's, it's fairly new to me. So um, while I was busy trying to analyze to see what was going on with me, I, I had this experience in my heart the Holy Spirit saying that it has to do with, with today and he gave me a picture and I want you to bring the picture up there um, Edeline please the first one where oh, is it Alvin. sorry he can't react if I call him his wife's name that's fair um, I don't know if you guys know what that is who knows what that is I'm glad you don't know, because when I saw the picture in my heart and in my mind while I was busy praying, I also for a moment battled to know what it was until I I had this experience, and God told me, it's a yoke. Something put on your neck as a burden, something that you are not able to carry, something that was never supposed to be part of your life, but it is. And while I was praying about it and saying, Lord, what is this? He said, this is the way this session is going to go. So I want to invite you tonight, first and foremost, with this picture, to, to be aware that throughout the time that we are going to spend in Scripture, you might become aware of certain things that the Holy Spirit is revealing to you. Now, another thing that happened while I was busy praying, and we are going to get to this now. I saw the congregation sitting here and then as I spoke and I went through the word and as, as people started to experience the Holy Spirit speaking to them, they took what he said and they stood up and they went outside and they went to pray about it. And I said, Lord, that is going to be funny. Because if I, if I invite you to do that, we might end up with the last scripture with no one listening and I, I have to pray about it on my own, which will be fine. But in my mind, that was the idea that I was busy praying for. So what I want to encourage you to do is as you start to hear the words that, that God laid on my heart, I want you to internalize it and say, Lord, please reveal to me what of this is relevant in my life. Please come show me what it is that you would like to share with me. And I want you to start with with this. This is a picture that God specifically gave to me tonight. It has nothing to do with the specific word that we are going to share. Apart from the fact that God wants to set you free. If if you are here and you have an experience of a yoke being around your neck, please take a moment now close your eyes. Say, Lord, this is me please come teach me, please come show me, please come set me free. Whether it's a yoke of of sin, whether it's an illusion or a lie that the enemy is trying to sell to you, something to hold you back, something to direct you into a way that that God is not leading you into, you will know exactly what it is. But but I want you to invest in the word tonight. Otherwise, you will go home tonight. Hearing a lot of words and a lot of sentences and afterwards thinking, what did just happen? (laughs) Allow God to speak to you. While I was busy praying about this, the second picture came up in my mind and in my heart. And it's the picture of of Jesus inviting me to be led by him. And and as I saw in in my mind and in my heart. hands being held out to me, I I experienced him saying to me put your hands in my hands which will be a a sign or a, a way of you showing me that you are surrendered to me and that you are laying down whatever preconceived ideas you have and you are allowing me to transform your mind and you'll see once we get into the word that there's a lot of scripture we are going to work through and i just want us to to be transformed so just for a moment if you don't mind i know this is this is new and it might be challenging for some those of you that know me at least by now you'll know I, i'm not always very predictable if you don't know that you'll know it after tonight so i want you to please close your eyes for a moment and i want you to i want you to allow god to take your hand i want you to open your hands on your lap and just say Lord I'm, I'm not just going to open my hand and just say I'm open to anything or anyone or any suggestion Lord I'm, I'm putting my hand in your hand and I'm asking you Lord to please renew my mind and to come teach me. Lord as we sit with our hands on our laps Lord in yours we surrender Just want to proclaim, Lord, that we surrender to you. Whatever we might think we are going to do tonight, or whatever I think of praying towards you, Lord, or saying or bringing to you, Lord, I I lay down all my preconceived ideas and I just allow you, Jesus, to come transform my mind, to come teach me. We surrender to you. Just take a moment with your eyes closed and just in your own words, just just surrender your hearts to Jesus. Thank you that you are your Lord. We know that, that we cannot save each other and we cannot even reveal you to each other out of our own strength and out of our own capacity, Lord, but you are the savior. You are the one that heals. You are the one that restores. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. We are part of a sermon series. We are, we are well, we are in a sermon series and tonight we are speaking about one specific part of this. Tonight's part is serve, serving, to serve. So what we found uh, while we were praying about the sermon series, we saw that some of the the rooted Principles that we spoke about are fundamental principles and some of it is a outflow or outpour from that Fundamental principles one fundamental principle. We spoke about is being rooted in the word You can't expect an outflow or growth in your life without spending time in the word the second one is prayer you can't think that there will be an outflow or growth or an outpour or healing of whatever kind if there's no communication between you and Jesus. The third one that's fundamentally true and has to be true in our lives is fellowship. So if we do not surround ourselves with people that is spirit filled, we will probably get invitations and, and people talking to us certain Strategies or whatever that does not align with God and it's going to make it hard to have fruit. When we find ourselves in certain situations, we can immediately see this person actually built me up to be more confident and and be more um, courageous in terms of following Jesus. But when I spoke in this certain crowds, I could find that there's no fruit. I become complacent. I become passive. So that's a fundamental principle. Um, Pastor Vian spoke about discipleship last week week, and I think we can agree that discipleship is an outflow. Something that will happen. I will be a disciple, meaning I will follow Jesus once I spend time in the word, once I pray and once I am part of a community that, that enables me and strengthens me. And tonight we are speaking about serving to serve obviously this is also an outpour so so please be careful and we will go through this that you do not have an unfair expectation of yourself many a times we think that there will be certain fruit that can only come from the holy spirit like serving from a care careless place a place of of not being um, self-focused or whatever but by giving just for the sake of serving, it's something that comes from a meeting with Jesus. So, I would like for us to discuss three three words that I found in the New Testament of serve, of serving. And um, we will find that the first one is is quite quite interesting. And I've I um, I, I asked the Holy Spirit to give me two specific. Scriptures to support what this looks like, you know, because obviously serve and serving and worship and whatever uh, and minister is mentioned in the New Testament, but we don't we don't know that that it links back to this word. And tonight, when we speak about this, I want us to to look at scriptures where this is seen. The first one is doleo, serve, obviously. Please remember that that be a slave is not is not the root definition to serve is the root definition with the outpour in be a slave and I want us to read in Matthew 6 verse 24 no one can serve two masters for for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve God and money now the the topic is not whether we should love money or not love money the topic at hand is when we serve in terms of this word we serve as a slave and we read this in scriptures many a times where we see that we are a slave of the gospel or we are a slave of our calling and it sounds harsh and and awkward in terms of we don't really speak like that in these days anymore, but I want us to understand the word. We cannot serve God and anyone or anything else. We can only serve one. And the first question I want you to ask yourself and be transparent, and, and in the moment, like I said, take now to work through this. When I think of serving God as a slave, meaning I can only choose one, who, who am I serving? And when I thought about this, this word, I immediately thought to myself, Lord, okay, so when I start serving, I will do this different. And, and I experienced this, this conflict and confrontation in my heart because what I knew immediately was, it's not that I have to make a decision to start serving. We are busy serving. It can just be severely misplaced if we are not careful. So please know that as we speak through this and and that's why I want us to repent and to listen to the word of God and to to be transformed while we hear this. Because as you sit here, you are busy serving someone as a slave. As we sit here, you are the slave of someone or something. And that thing that the Holy Spirit is bringing to your mind and bringing to your heart now, I want you to take this moment, even if you miss the next Scripture it's okay because God is busy speaking to you. So take this moment repent and say Lord I'm sorry when I hear the words I'm a slave of this thing comes to mind and I'm sorry this wasn't my intention I didn't mean to serve this as my first priority The second scripture I want us to look at is Luke 15 and entreated him but he answered his father look these many years i have served you here we see the same definition of word as a slave this word means slave to be a slave and i never disobeyed your command yet you never gave me a young goat that i might celebrate with my friends but when this son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. When I see this scripture, I immediately think of so many testimonies that I've heard about people saying, you know what, I'm going to church i 'm praying i 'm spending time in the word i 'm doing the best I can, and there 's just people that has no intention of following God, and it seems like they are just excelling in life God, me being your slave there 's something wrong with this picture i 'm not going in funny <laughs> if you have ever felt like this before that God is a God that you place your complete focus on, that you serve as your master, and there's no care back, I want you to take the moment now and say, Lord, this is what I feel like. This is exactly what I feel. So as we go on, I'm not going to create a moment of silence every time, but please, please get into momentum to start praying with me into the words that God is busy sharing. The second word I want us to speak about is serve, to serve, but worship. The Second definition we find in the New Testament, as many times as be a slave, is to worship. Matthew 4 verse 8 to 10 is where Satan speaks to, to Jesus and he says, again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and he said to him all these i will give to you if you will fall down and worship me then jesus said to him be gone satan for it is written you shall worship the lord your god and him only shall you serve now what's interesting to me about this is i think if there's one guy i don't know whether you know people that know scripture so well and and when you speak to them they They always like know what God is busy saying and and they are just so, you know, always in tune with the Holy Spirit and whatever. Now if there's one guy that I would probably not challenge with that, it would be Jesus. And interesting that Satan comes to him, tempting him with more or less the same temptation that we find ourselves being tempted by, very often. I will give you all of this if you would bow your knee. For all your selfish ambitions or whatever, if you would bow your knee, you know, and the moment you start thinking in that direction, you can immediately start experiencing a disconnect between you and God. And before you find yourself, you are lost somewhere. And the reality of that is we, in that case, are busy worshipping, placing value on something or someone other than God. And it happens so Quickly that many a times we need someone in accountability to say listen This thing is not it's not in line with with what God with what God is saying And I can see the fruit in your life the moment you started to spend time in this area. I could see there's a disconnect Luke 2 verse 36 says and there was a prophetess Anna the daughter of Phaniel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin. And then as a widow until she was 84, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Now, the reason why I, I used this, script, this scripture was um, when I was a youth worker in, in Delmas, um I was the youngest person on, on staff there. And um, you obviously had to do all of these various tasks that they described as tasks that would that would make you wise in ministry and teach you a lot of things and um, you will grow so quickly. So all of us were in positions where that happened to us. And there's always this great ideas of how awesome this experience is going to be, but you know you are doing all of the work that no one else wants to do. Well, in most cases at least. least. This specific one was not that at all. They asked me to minister at at the old age home. On a frequent basis, every Thursday, actually, so um, when I got to the old age home the first time, you know typically like like older people are, they always have cookies and sweets and after After the ministry session it's it's um, dinner and um, and so they always say "YouYmutsam yet and it's not even it's not even their food, and they did 't make it. <laughs> But you are supposed to eat with them because that's just the way they are. But I, I soon there realized that you have to be very creative that they don't fall asleep while you are busy speaking. So um, I, I made it my mission as the youth worker to find ways to keep them awake during ministry sessions. And, uh, and what happened was, I would, I would often find myself with my guitar on a table. Um, they had tables very close to each other, so sometimes I would get on the table and walk while, where they are sitting on the tables, and, and just them moving and, and looking at me, you know, kept them awake. What they heard of what I was busy saying is still a mystery, but, but that, that at least happened. So, um, eventually I had a whole crowd of people following me to the old age home. And and every time there's a new one coming, I asked him, listen, what's this sudden love for the old age home all of a sudden? And they just say, no, we are not coming to see them. We are coming to see what you are going to do today. (laughs) So when I read the scripture, I was reminded about that and of all the all the older people in the church that God is busy raising up as intercessors. Now. If you spend time with a lot of the people that, that is not working anymore, whatever and you just sit with them and speak to them. That's that's what they keep themselves busy busy with. They pray. They go and read scriptures to each other in their rooms. And when I heard this of, of this lady, Anna, I don't know her obviously. But um, worshipping and fasting and prayer night and day. I had such a thankfulness in my heart for the ladies in our congregation that's praying on so frequent basis and so often and letting us know this is what we experience God is saying. So I want to encourage you, please keep on doing that. The third word I want to speak about is diakonia. Um, also serve is the root word, but the next, say, factor that comes into, into play is minister to Luke 10 verse 38 to 42 says now as they went on their way Jesus entered the village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching but Martha was distracted with much serving distracted with much serving and she went up to him and said Lord Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Now I have four kids and I can hear them say this. I don't know what it sounds like when an older person say this, but I know what it sounds like when a a five and 10 and 11 year old says this. So tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. When I looked at, at that specific portion that says Martha, Martha, the the actual description of that specific part was that the reason why her name was mentioned twice there. Um, what is her vermaning? Admonish of reprimand. It's a reprimand in love. That's literally what happened there. It was a reprimand in love. And what we often find is that we are so busy ministering, serving, ministering, running around, taking care of everyone and everything, everywhere, the whole day, that from time to time I need to hear my own voice and be reprimanded by God saying, Henny, Henny. In love, stop. If you are here and you have this experience of running around, serving, ministering to, trying your best to make ends meet or whatever, hear this word tonight. God saying your name twice. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. And Mary chose it. Sit at the Lord's Lord's feet and be ministered to. John 12 verse 25 says, Whoever loves his life loses it and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now what I want us to see is all three of the definitions of the word speaks about a relationship and a specific way of living towards God. So how does that help me in serving? It's an important question to ask when when I spend most of my time with God in prayer and fellowship and with the word, and I am a slave of God alone, I worship God alone, and I minister to him alone, sitting at his feet, how does that enable me to serve those around me? And that is typically what we do, and I want us to have a look at at two portions of scripture, and as I read it, I want you to see that I highlighted some specific parts of it and continuously I want you to be open to the Holy Spirit to say to you this is you repent and, and ask God to forgive you and to teach you. Okay John 13 first verse 3 Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now please don't wait for the punchline. Start to see this picture with me. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterwards, for afterward, you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. I want you to to think about this for a moment. We believe that Jesus is real. And if he would come to you tonight and say, I would like to wash your feet, what would your response be? You know, it's a bit different saying from a place of neutral thinking process or where you are in your mind. How could he say, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet? And Jesus kind of have to convince him. What I do now, you don't understand and for a moment I want you to think about this. If Jesus would come and wash your feet, how would that, how would that be to you? Do you think that's possible or would you typically have this idea that most of us have on a regular basis? Lord, not me. Nothing qualifies me. Nothing I have done deserves this. And apart from that, probably the same as what he would say. Jesus had to say to him, what I'm doing now, you do not understand, but afterward you will. But Look at Jesus' response. He says, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. And I want us to not go past this too quickly. Please know that if we do not allow Jesus to serve us to wash our feet, we do not have a part of him. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. Verse 12. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? Can you imagine what it feels like if Jesus does something like this without, without them reading it like we are reading it now, kind of having an idea what's following and he keeps on telling them, Do you know what I'm busy doing? You call me teacher and Lord and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example. That you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. Nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. We tend to, to turn this around And we say, let me serve you. Why? Because without being in a place where we are completely surrendered to Jesus, there's kind of a status to it. There's kind of a position to it. Me being able to help you, even if it's washing your feet, kind of sets it out of myself. There's a certain vulnerability I don't have to face if I don't allow someone to wash my feet. And that is why, so often when we serve, we serve from a place of a selfish ambition, we become tired. Very soon after we have this great idea of helping, we realize it's confronting, and it's hard, and it's not always nice. But because there's no reference or a mirror saying, Jesus washed me, and that is why I am washing. I'm literally just responding on something that he did to me, that he taught me, that he that he demonstrated, and that he was a he was the example of. The second part of the scripture um, that I want us to read through is Mark 10 verse 33, saying, "See, we are going up to." up to Jerusalem and the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes and They will condemn him to death and deliver him over the Gentiles and they will mock him and Spit on him and flog him and kill him and After three days he will rise This is Jesus speaking Look at this And James and John the sons of Zebedee came up to him and said to him, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. That is exactly what happens when we have not sit, laid down our pride, laid down the unwillingness to be vulnerable in front of Jesus and be served by him. Immediately After a word like that, they they turned to him, just saying to them, they will mock me and spit spit on me, and they will kill me, and after three days he will rise. That is the one question that they would like to ask. And this is exactly what we do. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? We truly believe that when we are rooted in scripture in the word in Jesus and in the written word if we are rooted rooted in prayer and if we are rooted in fellowship and we allow Jesus to wash us we will be able to serve each other with a godly kind of love with a godly kind of patience with a godly kind of compassion. We all know what it feels like when we try to do it the other way around. It's very short lived. You know, we like to call it triggers or we like to call it, you know, there's this one thing that that I just can't handle or whatever. And the reality of the matter is this is the one area in my life that I'm not willing to surrender. This is the one area of my life that I am not willing to sit and allow Jesus to come wash my feet. We will not. Be able to serve like Jesus if we do not allow him to wash our feet and to serve us that is our example and that is the command and that is the love we need to receive in order to be able to show it to someone else we do not have the capacity as humans to show God's love apart from God I want us to take a moment And have a look at these three questions. Who or what am I enslaved to? Who or what am I worshipping? Meaning, who or what am I giving value to? Most parts of my life. Who or what am I ministering to? Is it out of selfish ambition? Am I waiting for someone to minister to me? obviously then there's something that's missing, there's a, there's a disconnect. If, if everything around me goes about, who is my slave? Who is worshipping me? And who is ministering to me? Then there's a disconnect and we can see that immediately. But the moment I start to be, to be the, um, the initial act or the, the driving force behind this way of living, I need to ask myself these three questions, at least. And that is exactly what I want us to do tonight. Before we go for a coffee, I want us to be completely honest with ourselves is jesus and my relationship with him solely a a, an idea in my head that that is nice to hear scripture that's nice to read prayer and and word and whatever that's nice to to accumulate and become wise and and knowledgeable in or is it a word a prayer life and fellowship that's busy transforming my life into someone serving exactly like the example I received from Jesus because if that is not the case then there's a disconnect between me and him and then I'm not honest with myself and I'm not asking the hard questions.